Uh, Mark, do you have any primers? Wash that fucking muffler. Wash right. the muffler. Well, thank you for listening. This is Catherine Sandretto pacing out on Mutiny Radio. Thank you, Tammy T. And Tammy T. T-A-M-M-Y-T-E-A.com. Holla at your girl. Please tune in next week. Next week. Next week for Moon Day Night School. We're going to be doing this every Monday night. Boom. Every Monday. I might be back. Yeah, she's totally going to be back. Let's go. All right. Love you. We out here. The same way as me I'm 24 and I've got everything to live for But I know now that it wasn't meant to be Share it.
You went fishing for an answer One I couldn't give you And we both know what you're after But only you can walk through You often dream of golden pastures And a home that you could hide in And to put a girl in front of a pastor Whose arms that you could die in
What you're about to hear is me walking into the Bazaar Cafe in San Francisco. Um, I greet the owners, Makiko and Les, as one of my favorite San Francisco bands, the Family Crest, is about to perform. Can I stand behind the bar without getting in the way? Okay. We're the family press. Thank you so much for coming out. We are so sad that this is our last show to play at Bizarre Cafe. We love you so much, Les, for everything you've done. Mr. Pete Fitch is here. It was a wonderful night, but also a little bittersweet because after 20 years, Les and Makiko are bringing the Bizarre Cafe's wonderful run to an end. And in honor of this wonderful institution, uh, we are devoting this episode to it, uh, a special long-form episode as we return to a longer show just for today, and we're calling it Bye Bye Bizarre. is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. This following program is dedicated to the city and people of San Francisco, who may not know it, but they are beautiful, and so is their city. I left my love in San Francisco. San Francisco Hi and welcome. I'm Peter Finch. This is the Finch Files, stories from San Francisco and beyond. Today on the show, I want to share with you some of my favorite performances from over the years at the Bizarre Cafe that I happen to record, uh, and I, I think you're going to enjoy them. Here's the thing about the Bizarre Cafe. For me, it, it was my, it's been my neighborhood cafe for years, and it's just this wonderful, uh, intimate venue. It's like listening to people perform in your living room. And after 20 years, Les and Makiko Wisner, the owners and operators, have decided to retire. And so what we've decided to do, again, is go back and take some of our favorite recordings from this very special place and share some of them with you. Uh, we're going to kick it off with a song and also a story, actually a couple songs, from our 100th episode, which we celebrated by recording live at the Bazaar Cafe. And we felt it only appropriate for a, a, a show about the end of the Bazaar Cafe to start off with a song about the end of the world. Uh, this is our dear friend, Megan Slankard. She's the one that performs our theme song. 
uh, this night she performed this song. Is that snow? I don't think so, but we'll tell the kids it is and let them play in it. Soft and brittle ashes from the neighborhood. Through the window, you can view the light show. It's nothing like I've ever seen. Too amazed to do anything like even tell the kids to come inside. You know, I've never been to Barcelona and never learned to speak the language. And many, many years ago, when you won me over, we never made time for this. Oh, but now, all I want is to be next to you. Comedy Festival. Yay! This is the Clean Comedy Show. They're going to try their best. Put your hands together for your host of the night, all the way from Boston, Alex G and Papa. Oh, it's a slow clap. Oh, it's a slow clap, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone's jumping in. I say joke, you say laugh. Joke. Joke. Comedy, it's too easy. How we doing, ladies and gentlemen? For those, oh yes. Oh yes, for those of you tuning in, we got a packed house here tonight at Mutiny Radio for 5 p.m. Clean comedy, baby. Very excited to be here. I'll be your host this evening. My name is Alex Jampapa. Jampapa is my actual last name. Uh, that's a name that kids in school would always make fun of, obviously, but then, like, teachers were always in on it, too, which I thought was weird. Like, in the seventh grade, I forgot my homework, and Mr. Scipio was like, oh, I might have to call your jam mama. <laughs> the whole class laughed. She high-fived one of the kids. <laughs> it's insane. It's a crazy name. Much crazier name is my dad's name, which is Sandy. Yeah, you can laugh. He's not here. That is a woman's name. Like my parents are the only couple in America named Holly and Sandy who are not lesbians. They are the only ones. 
I've had a couple people actually approach me at shows, and they're like, actually, like, I know another guy named Sandy, and, like, Sandy Koufax is a guy, and the dad from the OC, apparently, is named Sandy, and I just want to make it clear, those are also men with a woman's name. Sandy is a woman's name through and through. Uh... My dad also had extremely a high-pitched voice, which makes it impossible to discipline children. Like, he would catch me and my buddies drinking in high school, and he'd be like, I said no freaking beers in the house! And we'd be like, well, uh, I'm going to bring over a beer just so I can hear that again. It was hilarious. We eventually got sick of my dad catching us drinking in the basement, so we developed a system where we would drink down there, but... Uh, <laughs> When we finished off a can, we would pop the ceiling open and then just throw the empty can up there. It's like, what could go wrong? And so we're doing this for years. And finally, when I'm getting ready to go off to college, I pass this trick down to my little brother, Steve. And I'm like, hey, man, if you want to drink in the basement, all you got to do is pop the empty can up in the ceiling. You're good. However, we had been drinking a lot. So like by the time I left for college, the ceiling looked nine months pregnant. And so I get to UMass, and I get a call from my dad. It's my first day there, and he's flipping out, and I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, your brother has not putting beer cans in the ceiling, and the ceiling just exploded. And I was like, all right, I got to clear the air here. Steve's a bad kid. <laughs> Clearly the worst. And hey, man, come on in. Just doing some clean comedy. Haven't sworn once. And I don't look like a guy who would do that. Yeah, man. I am a Boston man. How Boston am I? I have worked at three Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you. In my hometown of Burlington, Massachusetts, we have eight Dunkin' Donuts. And they say the average American will work eight jobs in their lifetime, so it's nice to know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. My first day on the job of the first Dunkin' Donuts, I was 15 years old. I walked in. They said, uh, you reek of marijuana. And I said, uh, it's from the marijuana. And they said, you're fired. So, true story, still my Dunks uniform. I just got on my bike, and I rode it to another Dunkin' Donuts like a mile down the road. And I walked in, and I was like, ah, I was at that other Dunkin' Donuts, but they transferred me. And they were like, that's clearly a lie. But wait, Dunkin' Donuts, you're in. I got the job. The second Dunkin' Donuts I worked at, uh, I stopped showing up. So they fired me. I hope. <laughs> I hope they're not there now like, he'll be here. We believe in Alex. <laughs> Third Dunkin' Donuts was my absolute favorite. We never knew what the manager was doing because she was locked in her office all the time. And then one of the kids found her Facebook account. As it turns out, just on Farmville all day, every day. If you don't know what Farmville is, this is an online game where you pretend to have a farm. So this was crazy because a real business was failing while virtual crops were thriving. You guys want to hear some clean one-liners? I think I have three. I think I have three. Do you guys like puns? I love puns. I love puns so much I think we should take them literally. Like, am I allowed to pretend that a booty call and a butt dial are the same thing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if she calls and she's like, sorry, that's a butt dial. And I'm like, I'm coming over. I don't like hearing about super advanced technology because I'm already mad at technology now. Like I saw this article and they were talking about how now scientists can 3D print a human heart. And I was like, that's amazing. And I went to print out the article and there's a paper jam. And I was like, we're not ready. 
What was the other one? Oh, yeah, I have a new one. I uh, I was driving around, and I saw this sign, and it said, drive like your kids live here, so I left. <laughs> what was the other clean joke I have? Oh, that's right. So I, uh, I am out there. I am active. I'm not like a lazy pothead, you know what I mean? I just had to pick up a fresh pack of condoms. <sighs> Old ones expired. Strange to me that they have to put an expiration date on the condom still. It's like, yeah, if it takes you five years to get laid, the rubbers are going to bail. Insane to me how many different kinds of condoms there are. Like, they have too much variety, you know? Like, they even have non-lubricated condoms. They have dry condoms. That's not a preference. That's just worse. That's like if you ordered your ice cream heated up. And now they have Trojan ecstasy because it feels like ecstasy. And it's like, no, Trojan. You know what feels like ecstasy? Not wearing a condom. <laughs> like, Trojan ecstasy should be an empty box. So when I first got to college, I was, uh, I was assigned a random roommate. This is a weird thing. I was assigned a random roommate. You guys ever have a random roommate? No. You did? How'd it go? It usually, yeah, it's usually very bad. I almost never have people say it went well. One time I did from a woman, and I was like, really, what happened? And she was like, she died. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, if death is the best case scenario, not a great system. And so uh, I walk in, and I meet this kid that I'm going to be living with for the next year, and I want to make a good impression. And I say, hey, man, what's going on? My name's Alex, and he said, uh, what's up, baby? My name's Dunster. I see a therapist, but she only knows two-thirds of the problem. Know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, super nice kid. We're still friends, but he had ADD, OCD, and a lisp, which is like the triple crown of virginity. You know what I mean? Like, this is tough. This is tough. He literally, he looked in my eyes on the first day, and he was like, I have a lisp. And I was like, I know. Like, what kind of a monster put an S in the word lisp? That's like if stutter was spelled S-T-U, T-U, 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 T-U. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to start the show? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to start clean comedy at Mutiny Radio? <laughs> All right. I will be your host this evening. We're going to see a bunch of fun, clean comedy. Uh, your first comedian coming to the stage is absolutely hilarious. You guys are going to love him. Please welcome Matthew Quirk. Alright, so uh, I'm under a lot of pressure here, guys. Uh, my older brother is in the audience. Yeah, so uh, if I'm not clean, he's going to tell my mom. I'm worried. Alright, so clean comedy, huh? So I guess I, uh, at the chance of this not being too clean, I, I am going to talk about something uh, very personal. Something that happened uh, recently to me. Um, I transitioned. I transitioned from an apartment to a van. More of a vanzition, really. But I'm Ching. <laughs> and the neighbors loved it, slamming the door. Yeah, I, I transitioned recently. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's, it's really strange uh, transitioning. Um, I don't know uh, how to explain it exactly. Um, so there's
I'm blanking hard. All this pressure to be clean. Anyway, so I transitioned. So uh, I, I had to get rid of all my uh, extra stuff, right, when I, when I moved into my vehicle. And uh, my neighbor came by when I was having a garage sale the last time I had access to a garage. And she's like, where are you moving to? And I'm like, oh, my vehicle right here. And she's like, oh, you're moving into your car. And I was like, oh, no, I thought a San Francisco woman would be more woke about this sort of thing. So let me vansplain something to you all, okay? <laughs> Size matters, all right? It's a van. It's not a car. It's a van. It's a van. I guess I should be happy she didn't fat shame me like, uh, what's up? You can't fit all your stuff in a trunk, you hoarder? You know? So... So it's not all fun and games living in your van. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this about this city, but parking enforcement is pretty real. And uh, a few months ago, I came up against my second parking ticket in my van, making my rent in this city over the past eight months $143. (laughs) How do you like me now, huh? Who's the genius now, huh? Got to outsmart the man. So I've had some friends, they take mercy on me, right? And they let me dog sit and cat sit and house sit for them. So I had this, you know, my rich gay couple friend, they had me stay at their house while they went on vacation. Uh, It was a house, this beautiful mansion in the upper Castro, because I'm a top. And they paid me $700 to stay in their house for a week. Huh? Huh? At the risk of breaking clean comedy, but I'm making San Francisco my bitch. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to be real inspirational in that van. And uh, I don't know if you guys know the show that Jerry Seinfeld has been doing, Comedians in Cars with Coffee. So it's inspired me. I'm going to start a TV show out of my van. It's going to be uh, open micers in my van, in my van. <laughs> I think it's going to really take off. But I'm ching! <laughs> yeah. So it's not all fun and games, as I was saying, in your van. I mean, uh, you're driving around on, no longer under the yoke of a landlord. Breathing all that free air, wasting all your free time until you blow your internal manifold gasket. Oh, man, I had to drop that thing off at the mechanics. And then I hopped in my car and drove to this very important gig I have here tonight. That's right. I own a van and a car because I'm San Francisco homeless. (laughs) More of a homeless sapien, if you will. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so you really got to take care of your health when you're living in a van, right? So I started drinking kombucha. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that stuff. Uh, Someone took turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together and convinced us it was the latest thing. So uh, now that I've started drinking it, I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. It's causing major climate change in my microbiomes, and I am producing methane. 
That's a science joke because this is clean comedy. I, I can't go blue. Anyway, I got off of that stuff and I started eating uh, kimchi. You guys familiar with kimchi? Anybody? Well, now that I'm eating kimchi, I just got to wonder what is wrong with Koreans? How do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff and it makes me Kim Jong ill. Thank you. Thank you. That's an Olympic level punchline. Winter Olympics, but still the Olympics. I know what you're thinking. That punchline's too good for you, right? I agree. I am just the medium, the conduit to which that joke is just transmitted onto society. I'm still waiting for someone to pull up a YouTube video where someone else uses the Kim Jong Il punchline, but nobody has. So I'm still. I'm just going to keep on punching it and punching it and punching it till you know nuclear Armageddon or something. Right? That's right around the corner, isn't it? Is that too political for everybody? That's all right. So the Oscars, we just had the Oscars, right? Uh, Everybody here see Black Panther? Not me. I don't see color. Yeah, it's about a uh, fictitious country in Africa that has major technology and doesn't accept any aid. You know, fictional. Black people laugh at that joke, just so you know. Just so you know. Yeah, there's some fictional metal in there. What is it, vibranium? What a... You could have put a little more effort in the name. That's the worst name for a fictitious thing since Avatar and their unobtainium. Oh, my God, unobtainium. I get it. You made it up. It's hard to get. Unobtainium. Clever. I can't get a writing gig and they're coming up with unobtainium. Anyway, that's my heavy metal section of the clean comedy. Bitsky's here. So anyway, that's pretty much it. That's all I got for clean comedy. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your show. Give it up for your host. One more time for Matthew Quirk. He did a he did a great job. Unfortunately, he did use a swear word and we have contacted the police. Now, you guys ready for your next comedian? Yay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, straight out of Portland, Oregon, please welcome to the stage Daniel Dagris. He was born in the Bitterroot Valley. I genuinely really enjoy John Denver, so just going to start singing. Um, a little bit about me. I am uh, I'm half Greek. Uh, it's like the splendor of white people. Like, we'll do in a pinch, but it's not the formula that you know and love. Um, but that's on my dad's side. On my mom's side, uh, she says that we're descendants from the people that fled from Vlad the Impaler. That's the, the guy that Dracula's based on. Um, which is awesome. Like, for me, not for them. Like, they were like, should we fight back? He's eating people? Who wants to cart pool? You're gonna get puns tonight. <laughs> um, but I look at, so so those people are called the Black Dutch. 
stay with me. Um, it turns out Black Dutch, Black Irish, long articles, no proof that they mean anything. Um, so, uh, but I love the idea of like a dictator or a leader being so bad that it affects the ethnicity of its people. Like, I don't know. Like, I used to be a Greek American. Now I'm a snowflake American because of Trump the tweetist. It's been tough. Um, Man, did you guys see that in November, uh, NASA finally came out and said, like, yeah, aliens probably exist. And it's just like, we were all tax bill at the time. Um, but yeah, could you imagine, like, that's a terrible timing, right? If they showed up and they were just like, take me to your leader. Man. <laughs> all right, you want to see him, though? Okay, uh, we're going to need a translator. And they're just like, no, we, we know English. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't. So. <sighs> <laughs> Some people like to say that uh, that politicians are lizard people. I think uh, I think Obama was too warm-hearted to be cold-blooded, but uh, but if Trump turned out to be an AI that aliens are beta testing on us, and he's just still buffering, <laughs> I would believe that. I would believe that hard. Um, oh, so stupid. Let's see. Um, I saw um, Fifth Element recently. Again, I love it. I grew up on that. Um, I think it proves why humans will never unlock the secrets of the universe. Uh, because they're given the hand of this like big monster-looking roly-poly alien, and they put it in their clone machine, and it spits out a hot lady. And I'm just like, yeah, Dave didn't airplane mode his phone, I guess. And his search history really somehow just messed this whole thing up. Uh, we really couldn't be happier with the results, though. So, <laughs> um, my dad's hardcore into the uh, ancient aliens and many other conspiracy things. But um, the ancient aliens one, I feel like it's not enough proof. Like, just some what looks like spacemen on pottery doesn't seem like enough to go on. Like, if in a few thousand years, if we're looking back on T-shirts of like aliens with skateboards, going proof that aliens exist and that they taught us the kickflip 360. That's a bit much. I don't know. Um, Transformers are aliens, right? They're, uh, so the Decepticons are the bad guys. Shouldn't that mean not deceptive? Like, how do they know about space travel but not double negatives? I don't get their vested interest in humans either. Um, like, I, I, I mean, we're fine. But I think maybe they think we're cute. Well, that would be that would be our best case scenario if aliens showed up and like they're adorable. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, I don't know. I think if I discovered a planet and it was just all kittens, I would fight at their side. Absolutely. <laughs> um, have you guys seen that? There's an a there's not an alien. There's a um, an octopus that I guess we just discovered in the last few years. It's also adorable. It's this little purple octopus. Not, not too small, but like it's got these big anime looking eyes. And I guess we just, how did we not see this thing? Like we would have been looking, like cute is our jam. And, but I don't know, I feel like aliens are just adding new species to this experiment we're all living. And they're just like, shh, watch, they're gonna act like it's been there the whole time. They love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Superman's an alien too. Do you think he wears underwear under his leggings as well as on top? And then just like if it's laundry day and crime's calling and he hasn't done a wash, he just switches them. 
be tough. There's so much superhero stuff these days. I don't think we could handle a hero. I think if like a real situation came up that like, okay, so a supervillain shows up and it's just like, I'm going to destroy everything unless you give me everything. I think the powers that be would just be like, all right, we hear you. Please hold. So you think you can stop him. And if it's a real hero, they'd be like, I'm not only going to stop him, I'm going to destroy and root out all corruption anywhere. I'm going to fix it. I think they'd be like, whoa, this just you're going to dismantle all of our systems or what? And he's just like, are your systems unfair? Please hold. So Mr. Villain, um, we can do half. <laughs> Man. Hmm. Other heroes, uh, national heroes. You got JFK and uh, Benjamin Franklin. Um, both were known as womanizers, which mostly is what I'm interested in. That's a funny sounding word because we don't hear it anymore. I guess it means something like player or like sluts with secrets. But um, but now it just sounds like a ray gun that makes gender. Tra All righty, uh, we are back. Hey, in action. Get back office. So we're, we have a discussion right now. We're talking about Walmart. We're talking about Costco. We're talking about all of it, and we just feel like we we we've been just like bantering back and forth, and we need to make this on air. So this is this because we're important. supposed to be in bed, but we was like, ah, oh, yeah. why well, go to sleep right tired. now? We're not tired. We're not tired. We're not Who needs sleeping. bed? Who needs to sleep? Yeah, like let's let's talk about this. We're out here. We in these streets. We really we're out back. here. That's right. So so we're Mutiny radio. About, we're talking about Costco and Walmart. So we're you know like San Francisco will never and a monopoly have of it. However, yeah, the oligarchy, whatever the fuck you want to label it as. Right. But so sons of anarchy. Talking about how she doesn't like Costco or Walmart. So like let's I don't try to explore that like what why what? costco costco is oversaturated with people and it seems like they don't have enough cashiers the line is always you don't know okay okay let me start over i went to costco with my home girl nicole blue shout out to you girl and we're in there we didn't even know who worked at costco the majority of the people that worked there were in plain clothes. And so when we asked a question to someone, we don't know if you work. We just saw someone folding clothes and asked, hey, um, do you work here? And just so happened she did because she was folding clothes. So there's no direction of where to go if you need help. Walmart is just a saturation of people hanging out. It's the new mall. Mm. It's a new mall. People are hanging out in, in consumption. Like they're being, it's promoted to like hang out and like just hang out buy soda. If you want to. But what if they don't want to buy soda? What if they're just there because it's close to a homeless embankment of, of some sort or I don't, I don't know. Walmart is just weird. And the only reason why I go is because I have to get my dog some food. Because mm, it's affordable. No, because I bought my dog. Shout out to Geronimo. I love him. He's the guy. He's a great dog. <laughs> hey, Geronimo. Yes. Geronimo. Yes, Geronimo. Geronimo. Get off my bed. Um, <laughs> licking your balls. He doesn't have any. Butt crack. 
He's probably licking his butt crack. Yeah, are we already getting back to? This is how we. This is how we get distracted. This is how we get. This is how we got distracted last time. How do you clean your butthole? How do you clean your butthole? We're back. How do you clean your butthole? Walmart is just a new mall. People hanging out at McDonald's. They don't shower. You're yelling at the cash register about something that she can't fix because mm-hmm. she doesn't have the power to fix it because she's a cashier. She's not the manager. You can't get mad at the cashier. You have to actually do what a lot of um, non-brown people do. It's called a better business bureau. Oh, call why, why don't people email. do that? Are people scared to do they that? They don't know or? it exists. You got to call them. If better business bureau. Call the work, better business bureau. Right, the, and they work. The Better Business Bureau works. Hopefully. There was a, uh, I, when I worked on the uh, Fisherman's Wharf, there was a new restaurant that opened. It was It's called uh, Supreme Crab. It's owned by um, a couple of different people, uh, and they hired a mass amount of their first, the first wave of people, employees, and of all different races and, and, uh, and sexes, right? And the the manager that I that hired me hired me as the lead. Um, it turns out because I was white and I was a man. Right. And uh, that mind you, the owners they were all uh, Chinese, and they wanted a, a white male to be the face of the the of waiter the, the waiter team, right? And then uh, this is how it works, people. Slowly but surely, I found out that the actual owner. Uh, or the wife of the owner, her name was Queenie. That's what she went by. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not want African American employees. Hey, that's some shit. And it became. Uh, did she say a reason why? Oh, I mean, all the stereotypical reasons that you, you let you, the record you know. show. I'm the only black person in a room. Yeah, but oh. we're yeah. we're 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 experiencing a lot of different cultural backgrounds. So none of this is racist. We're just we're learning each other. We're having a dialogue and we're learning each other. So don't get offended. Get wash your ass and get your stick out your butt. Did she say why she didn't hire African American people? Because she said that they they didn't work as hard. Oh, um, interesting. And because they were and why? because they were late and because of this and that. And I mean, there there happened to be um, an example uh, that it, it, in, in her eyes, like you know, oh, this is exactly why because there were right. a few people late, and, and a few of them were uh, after. But were there a lot of there were there a lot of other nationalities that were late too? Were there a lot of white people and I, I everybody else I that were late? I, I wouldn't say that there was like a bunch of people that were late. There was a Hispanic man, and then two African Americans. How many people were in a business? In in, in the initial. Uh, what is that called? The orientation. A, there was uh, a lot. There was a lot of people. There so was there's over, no. Over 20. Okay, so there's no real definitive answer on how many different nationalities there were because there you was, can't really tell by looking mainly, at somebody if they're black, Hispanic, or other. I guess not. But based on based on what, anyways, yeah that that was her. That was her. That was where that was her privilege. Right. What you're trying to come to, like, what's the? She was racist. No, she was racist. Yeah, yeah. That, that was absolutely. She's because absolutely I have racist. I have relatives that look just like you, and they're black. For sure, for sure. The dude so, that I moved out here with Lawrence Isbell is is a right. black man who is uh is albino or or, or right. you know whatever. Albino's white. different. Right. That's different. They're still well. They're still about black. Like, what but, about logic? Logic the rapper. Logic is, uh, I believe he stated he was mixed. Like, um, I don't know his. He might, um, yeah, maybe that's what it is. He, maybe yeah, he's mixed. Okay. He's mixed. He's not albino. 
Albino is different. Albino, you will 100% um, tell a person if they're albino. And that is not um, a nationality or ethnic group. It's just a black person with, I don't want to say this incorrectly, but I do think they have um, less melanin. And okay. I don't know if I said that correctly. And I apologize. I don't want to offend anybody that's albino. But I know that it's um, they're still black. Right. Yeah, for sure. But I have relatives that have blonde hair and your fair skin. And they're black as well. So we come we come in all kinds of sizes and colors and shapes. You just never know things. what genetics are going to come from. Right. With. So it's kind of hard to say that only... That certain amount of those black people were late when you can't really tell whether or not what their nationality is. And you have to be, you know, fair across the board and be like, are you keeping track of everybody else? Right. Well, this was like the first day. Right. This became apparent like the first day of the orientation. And that's when it kind of set off an alarm. And then, uh, further on you know it became way more apparent and it actually came out like i heard verbally from not just my manager but also the owner i heard different conversations right. that were just like so so bad right and uh we ended up a, a group of us ended up walking out quitting um and emailing the better business bureau and calling them yeah the better better business bureau is the ish you guys have to get on top of oh shit we crashed. You well, have no to get on top. If you don't speak up. Yeah, you no have to get on top of the better business bureau. You know, you have to tell people. You have to notify people that there are these businesses out here who are discriminating. Because if you don't, then it's just going to get swept underneath the rug. Right. No one will know if they don't know. Yeah. Better, better business bureau. I've not used to say them that a when couple of times. People do speak up. Things happen because most of the time, shit doesn't happen. But it won't happen if you don't try. Right. So. Make shit happen. It's Make the shit bottom happen. line. That part. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, like, when it comes down to minimum wage and all of these jobs, you know, I, I don't really... Man, I remember when minimum wage was, like, $7. Right. And now, I mean... $5. I remember when minimum wage was $5 I think an hour. minimum wage is $15 an hour in San Francisco. <laughs> And that doesn't really like in order to fully survive in San Francisco, you need to be making about eighteen or to twenty minimum an hour. And you're, you're lucky if you've got some, you know, like other shit happening for you that's supporting you. I know a lot of people who are working multiple jobs just right. to pay rent. And then I just wonder why? Are, why San Francisco? Why are people so eager to stay here and to? you know continue paying rent silicon valley opportunities silicon yeah, valley the like, tech business well but we're not tech people though like you know like none of you're us not are tech people but we're, we're here as creatives and like i i lived in la for a little bit mm -hmm. and i have to say i find san francisco much more homey and much more expansive and much more um it's easier to be a creative here well, LA is different because you have to drive everywhere. Yep. I know. And you're gonna you're gonna be you gotta you're gonna drive like, like it's, a it's gonna take you an too. hour to well, get you've got down the street. Everyone there for the same thing. It's kind of like everyone in San Francisco is here to be tech. 
So when you're a creative in San Francisco, it's almost like you get, you, it takes the pressure off of you. Whereas in LA, like everyone's there to be fucking creative and you know, like there's so much intensity around it. Um, so that's why you go like the, the pull is to be a tech person, but when you're a creative, like you're there to entertain the fucking tech people. So there is incentive to live here as a creative. I don't think there's that. I don't think there's more tech people in LA than, no, I'm saying San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm yes. saying like, that's why San Francisco is Silicon Valley. a little bit more. You, there's a little more freedom to be creative and not give a fuck because you ha- it's such a tech pole to be here. Yeah. And there, oh, it's, such a it's more freedom in Los in Angeles? The, the tech. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I, I don't know if I didn't. I okay. Maybe I was yeah, I get clear it. and that's fine. Yeah, it's more um, creative because yeah. you could go to the beach right and and los angeles and, right. and sit and create and but at san francisco it's like you gotta it's be kind of fun because it's moving. sort of like when you're creative you're like in the cracks you're in the crevices you're you're just sort of like you're creating amongst all of okay you have to see this weirdness she's doing <laughs> you, you gotta know, do what now like it's in the cracks and you're just like creating amongst the weirdness that's collaborating between us so you have silicon valley and then you have the creatives on the outskirts of it and they are there to keep them entertained in a sense which is you know in la like that's what everybody is trying to do and that's what they're there for that's why it's a little bit more fun to be creative in san francisco right because you know we're not trying to be techies we're just trying to fucking live exist and be ourselves and that's really amusing there people are not trying to be themselves in los angeles stop it no no i'm saying san francisco hun. Uh, that's what yeah san francisco people are trying to be themselves but it's not the old san francisco that's the old san francisco no but the old san francisco is still alive and well to to a degree you have that's underground Mm-hmm. The old San Francisco is underground, I mean, like, and mind you, I've only we're been in San Francisco right since '96. Right, right. So, but and we're not on. We're, well, we're on a computer, but we're not like into the tech and everything, so it's different. But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying because we're not in tech, right. that's why it's a little bit more fun to be creative in San Francisco because we are the ones that are innovating. We're we're the innovators. We're the fucking innovators. You're a star. We're the fucking innovators. You're a star. What's this guy doing over here? I'm fucking <laughs> high. I'm so stoned. I'm so stoned right now. I'm just listening. I'm just like See, they, they, got the, me to, they got me to stay longer. And here we are. Now we're stuck. Yeah. What to do. What to do. The innovators. We're the innovators. Like, we are the ones that are influencing this like silicon valley so what do we do about walmart and google because google just bought punchline so now it's going to be a tech company use yahoo yeah yahoo is gonna die in a minute Yahoo's really difficult use internet explorer yeah i do you still have hotmail yeah. No. I still have a hotmail. No. I still have a hotmail account. I, still have I wonder. A hotmail, I haven't a checked Yahoo, my MySpace Google, in a while. You can't. I'm, I yeah, have my, not. MySpace has been completely washed. Oh. No. What? MySpace cool is still popping. Yeah, but it's a new. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a new everything. You can't use your old login. It's been wiped. Didn't um, somebody just relaunch? Solange just relaunched. Solange, Beyonce's sister, yeah. just relaunched MySpace. Really? It made it popular. Interesting. Really? Well, I know that it was. I know Justin Timberlake took a swing at it like yeah. seven years ago. Maybe he took a swing at it and like kind of made it. He's more. no Solange. I'm not. I'm not comparing the two. 
I'm okay. saying that that I'm slow down. That I'm not. I am Justin. Not comparing, hold up. Let's I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying that Justin Timberlake did took a swing at it uh, about broccoli, seven year, years ago. And I love right. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Um, so, and Solange is is doing it again now. You're saying? Yes, yeah, Solange. Uh, last year, it it was a it was trending on Twitter for a minute. Okay. Solange relaunched um, MySpace. Wow. But I don't know. You know how that's gonna work because who's on myspace i know no i'm sorry my bad it was black planet oh she okay so it was black planet Planet. it was not myspace i'm so sorry solange forgive me yes it was black planet black planet what is that what what is black planet (sighs) the education continues ladies and gentlemen black planet was myspace for black people Mm. Oh, okay, so they got even on the internet they're getting segregated. Black Planet was the the thing to be on for a minute, okay. for a long time. It was just a popping thing. Yeah, I believe I want to say it was before Facebook, or be you know in the middle of Facebook, before Facebook was like really really popular. Uh, MySpace, um, I'm sorry, Black Planet was around as well. Black Planet was dope. Interesting. Yeah. During the uh, Yahoo Messenger days, remember okay. Yahoo Messenger? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you remember MySpace Messenger when it was a sub thing? Like it, you had to like actually yes. use a different app, like you had to download it, and yeah. it was a whole thing. There's chat rooms. That was where my very first like girlfriends ever came from. They were yeah. all probably like 55 year old dudes, probably just jerking off to the idea, you know. And then Dateline. Oh yeah. Dateline NBC that. came around, yeah. and then. <laughs> That shut down the Yahoo Messenger and the I'm chat rooms. I never got recruited to be like one of the dudes like talking to these old dudes because I was like on MySpace like in these chat rooms like eight eight. Everybody a, was a twelve year old boy, just talking to just these eighteen nineteen year old girls like everybody get the fuck was out on. Of here. You were talking to old ass grown ass disgusting men. Everybody was, and we didn't even realize it. We yeah. was just on the chat rooms talking. Send me a picture, and it took forever to send a picture. Yeah, I catfished so many chicks. I'm pretty sure was, a lot of people did. When I was did. like 14. I'm pretty sure a lot of chicks catfished you as well on Yahoo Messenger. I never really, um, I didn't really, I never really got that serious until I like took it to this other thing called IMVU. It was like a virtual, I never heard that. it was like a virtual reality chat room. You like had this avatar, it was like a person. And like it was very interesting, but it was like chat rooms, and then you'd meet these people. That definitely got I definitely got catfished multiple times. There was this one person who was like I didn't really make friends with dudes that claimed to be dudes, dudes right. uh, ever. But the one time I did, it ended up being a chick, like in real life. Right. And her, her name is Boda, and she's dope, she's a dope person. Right. Um, but was a yeah was pretending to be a dude, but was actually a chick. Right. Yeah. How did you feel about that? He didn't feel uh, it, it he was felt very, okay. It was very interesting. Uh, it was uh, we we were friends for years, and then there was a falling out. It was internet shit, so it's just yeah. It I met some so I met uh, some women on Yahoo Messenger, and then <laughs> it was a yeah. That was a lot. And when when they when we met in person, it was like that's totally not. Oh, I've who never. Was I've only met people off of the internet like a handful of times, like to hook up. Man. Ever. Only like wow. once or twice off Tinder ever. That was our that was our hookup. Oh, Yahoo mm-hmm. Messenger was our hookup wow. way back in the day for AOL. Yeah. Do do do. You've got mail. 
That was like, yeah, I remember AOL, like the dial up. I remember that for a brief second. But we didn't really have, the computer wasn't like the, I was like a really active kid. I was always outside playing. So I wasn't like computers or nothing. And then when the Nintendo 64 came around, I was like super hooked on that. And then. I'm Atari old. Yeah, I'm not that old. I'm Atari old. I'm Nintendo 64 old. I remember the Atari like this. Atari. Yeah, I was Nintendo 64. Oh my god, I never played video games. I was one of those people. Like my siblings did, and I'm like, I can't do this. I love oh, it. I played the fuck out of video games. <laughs> yeah. I love video games. I had the, my, the, my the old, first video game with the ping pong. That's that's. That's old school. I'm old. You're like. I'm with my I'm like with my, my little cousins right now. You you said you're 49. 48. Oh yeah, you're you're my dad. That. You're like my dad's age. Yeah, that's crazy. That. I don't 48. You're 48. 48. Black don't crack, but it will expand. You gotta. That's a funny joke. Slow down. Is that your joke? Yeah. Okay. You better don't keep take using it. that. I do. You better. It depends on on what audience I'm in front of. Like, Fuck yeah, them. 40, that's a funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> if, so I want you to talk about ahead. like when you bombed in front of a crowd of black people. Like, I did several yeah, times. If you can like what what do you think <laughs> it was that didn't resonate or i don't know well that's i had to change my approach because being openly gay in the black community is different you know white people you guys are cool with whatever you know wash your ass with no rag (laughs) oh my god jason next door he's married to a goat and it's okay he's he's never did anything to me Right, like he's got a goat. He's married to. He's fine. He's a good guy. He has great barbecue. So, but in a black community, because of you know Massa and my last name. What's your last name? Clark. Okay. With the with the E. You know, Jewish. What? I don't know. You're probably Jew. Don't know. Jews own slaves. No. I wouldn't imagine so. But the well, not that I'm aware of, yeah. but the the white people that I know, okay. back in my tracing back, um, I had a Jewish psychiatrist name with the last name of Clark. Clark. That's why I mention it. Mm. It's really good. Maybe he was owned it was by like Clark. Like the best too. in Chicago. Uh, he probably was. Because Jews were slaves, right? I don't that's, know. That's historically accurate. It could be. I could just. But be we're not gonna shit. just. Hey, not just just throw that out there because yeah. I don't really know. I don't, know. I don't have the rights no, to speak on all that historical shit. I'm not gonna all put I that out there. Shit. I don't know yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I don't know that information. <laughs> what was you asking? Clark. We were on that part. Oh, your last name's Clark. Yes. And um, we're getting bombing in front of black people. So it's a little different when I'm up there. And I have my bow tie and, you know, it's a lot different because um, they see me, but they're like, this This is a mess. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, this is a mess. What's going on? But I had to realize that it's not so much that they're looking at me with disdain. It's, oh, my God, I know somebody like her, my cousin my auntie my daughter my sister so it's a more of a unsettling yeah so it's it's more of a a listening than it is to so much as that's so funny yeah so but i shocked a lot of people with my content so i had to learn how to reapproach it instead of so abrupt Mm. 
and straightforward. I had to take, I had to learn how to take people on a journey, especially uh, black people, because they need to see what she's talking about. They need cool. to see what you're saying. So unless they can understand and see it in their head, what you're saying, then they're they're not really gonna relate to it. And like, forgive me for being an asshole white person for mentioning this, but I feel like a lot of content that um, African Americans have been exposed to has been curated by marketing agencies, by what they see on television. So there well, is that's like a lack of exposure to. Well, I can't speak know, for the whole African American no, community, I know, but, but like if they watch television, there yeah. is a certain sort of the, programming yeah. and i use quotation marks when i say programming but like, that's always they've been, like been conditioned that. to yeah. fear of, black people yes and like if you're a black person that's really standing out and using but then voice, you gotta think then, yeah but then you think like the guy that shot the cop today mm-hmm. or like yesterday i believe it was he shot a cop he killed a police officer and he injured two other people mm. and they took him without harm and yeah. he had body armor on who is this guy can you just i can't remember his name okay but that happened yeah just the other day um he had body armor on he was fully armed and he killed a police officer and injured two other people and he was taken without harm but the pregnant black lady Mm, i know it kills me it just like got shot multiple times in her chest just like, and she had no weapon because the male officer feel for feared for his he life. Was threatened. He was threatened him. and feel for his life. So it's that type of you know yeah. situation. So when I get up there and I tell my story, there's I had no to, justification. Right. For that, by no. Like, whatsoever. No, there's no way whatsoever. To combat. If anyone combats that, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, why would you even? There's no retaliation from that. Like, so when I get up there and I have when I get up there and I tell my story, I I tell my story in a way that people can relate to it because you all know somebody like me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just want to bring it to light and have fun at the same time. Is this the one in Alabama? Was it in Alabama? Because uh, this just happened 18 hours ago and they're still on the hunt for him. No, they caught him. I posted on my I posted it on my Facebook. 29 year old Graydon Wayne Wilkes. I believe, always a fucking Wilkes. Yeah, I believe they caught him. I believe that is. They caught him already. Shot a police officer, injured two people. Mm. They caught him and they took him into custody mm. without harm. I mean, we live in a country where a police officer shot a 12 year old boy. Straight out the car. They just jumped out boy. the car and started they dumping. A 12 year old boy. Like, like gang members. That's horrific. Horrific. It jumped out the car and started shooting. Horrific. I don't care if he had a can of soda in his pocket. Welcome to America. Ugh. Should we start talking about cleaning your booty again? I think oh, that was yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, that was fun. We got real serious. I know. What is that but thing? That, why is there a Grim Reaper in the oh background? Oh my god, there's a troll. We got a troll. A troll? Can you grab the troll? There's oh, troll. sure. I know. That sounds like a spider. There's a troll um, in the corner. I feel like I need a haircut again. 
Looking like this fucking troll. Okay, so we Jesus. have a troll in the studio. What'd you say? So you're looking like this troll over here. Oh no, that you was know, before I got my. That was before <laughs> I got my haircut. That was before I got my haircut. Um. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. This is how I looked uh, the <laughs> other day, all extra sleepy and shit. Oh my god, I haven't held a troll since the 90s. Oh my god. Hi. <laughs> I probably look like this damn thing. I'm hungry. I know, you've been saying that. So we should get Tammy some food. Have we finished the second half of this? I think we are. I think we went dark. I think we're, I think we're success. We have su- successful. Stop shopping at Walmart we where they dark. lock up it's shit. It's not successful. The world's in shit. Pay attention to what you're consuming. Pay attention. Don't buy fucking Nestle products because they're killing moms in Africa and <laughs> South America. Right. That. Um, there you go. And It's bedtime. And like wash your wash your bum with part. a rag. With a rag, wash get your booty boo-boo. hole with a rag so you yeah. get the no boo boo out. Boo-boo. No boo boo. No wash boo-boo. No boo boo. Stop naming your kids boo boo. Right, that's Why not okay. I want to. I want. <laughs> don't name your kids off of like TV show characters. I want to. I want someone to name their child greatness. That's a lot. Did you know Will Ferrell just think about his it. child like Maximum or like Magnus or something like that? Like that's a lot to live up to. I know a guy named Magnus. Wow. Whoa, this troll is super intense. I feel like this troll is peering into my soul. It is because you're high. I know. And like I really like gnomes and I think the troll knows that I like gnomes. It looks like a gnome. And he just knows that. It knows that I got my known secret. Anyway, this is fucking weird, and I'm getting into my Norse. All right. She needs to meditate. Hit that space bar. Hit that space bar. We out of here. Peace. Transitions like way easier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I watched a ton of uh, Captain Planet growing up. Uh, He's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Little Woo. Um, Is he a demon, though? Because, like... (laughs) A group of high school kids summon him with a bunch of elemental rings, earth, fire, water, air, heart. Is it a real human heart? <laughs> I don't know. If you don't know of him, it's like Superman, but if he was way more into plants than people. Um, and he's going to take pollution down to zero. So that's good. Uh, a lot of people are going to freeze to death, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, I really want to sprinkle in a bad joke. I'm so happy I haven't cursed yet. <laughs> um, it's on the verge. I don't think anybody is still listening that's going to be too upset. Um, so since I'm talking a lot of pop culture, uh, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. You guys, anybody? Because we're going to need someone to know the material. Okay. Um, so, But Voldemort seems like a lonely guy. Like, I wonder what his dating profile would look like. Ladies, first off, don't ever say my name. <laughs> And if anyone does, I'm going to know. Daddy's listening. <laughs> Second, pure bloods only. But I do want you to call me a dirty mudblood right before I avada kaduya. <laughs> P.S. Must get along with my kitten, Princess Puddin'Paws. And that would be perfect. Like, Tinder's good for him because it's short. Because I think if he kept going, it'd just be like, when I say I have a trouser snake, I mean it. <laughs> Nagini is as much a part of me as that boy is. 
In that, okay. Uh, in that there's a little bit of me inside of each of them. Oh. I mean, come on, it wouldn't be that inappropriate. My body's also under 18 years old. Okay, what I'm trying to say is that when I see that boy, our wands want to touch. Ah. <laughs> um. Um. So I was raised a lot on that, uh, that old phrase, the, um, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump too? You too, yeah. Uh, that's a weird question to ask somebody. All my friends? Yeah. Is it something I did? That's a lot of people that don't know each other. And they're all dead now. Whoa. Uh, yeah, mom, I guess. I might, actually. <laughs> I, um, I actually dated a girl who uh, had dated two different guys who had each died while dating her. Yeah. Uh, and as terrible as it sounds, uh, that was two strikes. Um, because I want to live. But I got to say, it would turn the table. Like, if she said, hey, by the way, one time, all my friends jumped off a bridge and died, I think we could make it work. <laughs> um, so we're, we're all aware that um, the death penalty you usually get to have a last meal, you pick what you want to eat, right? Yeah? OK. And it usually takes a few decades for us to get to that point. Is it out? How many of you have spent like over an hour trying to figure out where you want to eat next? <laughs> like a Yelp filter for last meals would clear the sh right up. Caught it? <laughs> oh man, that's tough. I, I mean, it'd be great because you're just like, oh, honey, we got to try this place. They say it's to die for. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> the restaurants get ahead of it and just be like, come on down and try John Wayne Gacy's favorite pastries. You can uh, top it off with a uh, with Ted Bundy's uh, ice cream sundaes and uh, Lizzie Borden's dizzying portions of ice cream of of egg white Florentines. Uh, or if you like a classic BTK BLT, really good. Wash it all down with the uh, Green River Killers vanilla bean sarsaparilla. And for a limited time, get uh, oh. Charles Manson, yes. Uh, <laughs> you can try Charles Manson swastika face artisan mace for that punch of herbs and spices. Thank you. One more time for Daniel Daggers, ladies and gentlemen. Great set, didn't swear once. Unfortunately, did reference pedophilia, so we have contacted the FBI. Now. All right, you guys ready for your next comedian? Yay. All right, coming to the stage, a woman that will not be able to reference her own last name. Please welcome Allison Hooker. Hey guys, I didn't realize I was next. I have to bring notes because clean comedy is very difficult for me. So I am really pulling together a lot of old jokes. Um, clean comedy, let's see. This one time in college, <laughs> I, uh, I saw a therapist. It wasn't for me. Let's see. Uh, so San Francisco is weird. Not everyone in here is from San Francisco. It's a, it's a tough city. It's changed a lot. Wouldn't you say, Pam, you, you grew up here, right? It's gotten real techie or homeless. You're one or the other a little bit. You know, not, you got driven right into your van, didn't you? 
yeah. Um, so it makes it it makes it hard um, as a woman to date here. Oh, by the way, I'm the only woman on the show, so I do recommend laughing at my jokes. It's a easy way to be on the right side of history. Uh, yeah, it's really hard to date in San Francisco because guys like the tech crowd isn't very good at approaching women, okay? <laughs> uh, this guy came up to me the other day. He nagged me. Do you guys know what nagging is? Yeah, he walked up to me. He goes, I usually talk to women who are younger than you, but you have a nice body. It looks like you work on it too much. <laughs> I was like, wow. And immediately I was like, I want this guy in my mouth, you know? <laughs> what kind of black magic is this? But I had to, you know, take a couple breaths, get back on my feet, uh, and, and realize that was, that was a rude thing to say, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, it's just funny to think about his goals in this situation, because like, he's hoping that eventually I'll go home with him, right? He's hoping to get me naked, and then I would see his eensy-beensy tiny, little, pathetic soul. Uh, <laughs> clean comedy. Also, women can see your soul when we're naked with you guys. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> um, oh, I was also going to say, I was on the phone with my sister the other day, and she told me that my, she found my six-year-old niece kissing a boy in the bushes. I was like, damn, you know, because I was on the phone walking down the street in San Francisco, and I was like, that's crazy, because a grown man making six figures just cruised by on her scooter, <laughs> wearing a backpack and a helmet, you know? Like, like my six-year-old niece was like, forget this scooter. I'm going to see what's going on in the bushes, you know? <laughs> like, trip. She's more mature than that guy. Okay. That's enough um, dork bashing, I guess. If they didn't have so much money, we wouldn't hate them so much. It just... Um, speaking of people we hate, Trump, there's a, a real bleep hole, isn't he? Uh, actually, he was elected on my birthday. My birthday is November 8th. <laughs> I know. It was, so I was like having some drinks, you know, I was getting ready for my birthday night and then I never ended up eating. I just got wasted and very upset like <laughs> what's happening. And I was with uh, my boyfriend at the time or my boyfriend now too. And, uh, I was like, oh my God, baby, what's happening? You know, I looked at him, I was like, what, what's going on? Like, we have to move. And I looked at him, and he's Syrian, so we stayed. Uh, he is Syrian. Um, he's Syrian, and his dad owns a Mexican restaurant, which is cute. It's like, definitely the first time I had a burrito, and I was like, oh, little too much saffron. <laughs> like, um, I grew up around here. I grew up in Half Moon Bay. Uh, so if you're not from here, that's just like this little coastal town like 30 minutes south of here. It's on the beach. So you guys can imagine there was all kinds of white-on-white -white crime that went down there. <laughs> just HOA violations. You know, putting your recycling in your neighbor's bin. All kinds of shit went down in that town. I mean, stuff went down in that town. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but it's funny because even though it's this very, it's this cute little innocent place, it's known for its pumpkins. People grow pumpkins there. <laughs> uh, and even though it's a pumpkin town, there's still people who like rep it, like locals. Like I went to high school with a dude who tattooed the area code on his neck. <laughs> and then the area code changed. <laughs> and he was like, no, 
He's like, no, man, forget that. You know, he's swearing. Okay, so he's like, forget that, dude. I, I'm so local. And he, he tattooed like the new area code, but with like arrows pointing at the old one, like to show how long he's been. And then he was like, no, dude, my great grandfather's from this town. So he got his great grandfather's like whole phone number <laughs> underneath that. There was just like a whole directory on his neck. <laughs> Quarter page ad for a dentist on the other side. That's Half Moon Bay. We've got rivals like Mill Valley which is across the Golden Gate Bridge, if you don't know what that is, you know? They're like, what? Our main street's four blocks long, we have two craft stores, you know? So, this is my clean stuff, guys, it's not my best. Um, my mom's been complaining that she's tired lately. So she went to the doctor and she was like, I'm always tired. And the doctor's like, oh, you have chronic fatigue syndrome. And she's like, what is that? And he was like, we don't know much about it. And that was it. <laughs> what kind of doctor is this? What, what do you think, you're a congressman? You have to work. Um, uh, I know I was bashing techies earlier, but uh, my boyfriend does work for a startup. And it's funny, because my brother met him, and he asked him what he does. And he was just like, oh, I work for a startup. Which I think is a funny way to put it. It's really nondescript, you know? But I was also like, haven't you been working there for like eight years? <laughs> like at this point, isn't it a business? He's like, no, I wouldn't work for a business. Which I guess would be weird too. Like, what do you do for a living? I work for a business. <laughs> it's a very San Francisco joke because everyone says they work for startups here. But, but calling a startup a startup for that long is like when parents refer to their children in months instead of years. <laughs> They're like, this is my 107 month year old. <laughs> it's like an eight year old kid. Is that the math? He's still breastfeeding. Um, so he works for a started up, uh, till it shuts down. Never. I'm just jealous because I still haven't figured out what I want to be when I give up. <laughs> that is, however, a joke, you guys. Um, of course, nights like this really keep me going. Uh, I got a t-shirt and a weed cookie. Are you kidding me? No, but, uh, <laughs> it is a joke. I, I'm a realtor. Uh, I'm a real estate agent. I just do comedy for the money. And real estate is my passion, so if you guys need a house, please do talk to me after. <laughs> Move to San Francisco? It's a great place. Didn't mean to bash it earlier. Um, whew, more clean. I guess my name's pretty clean. My name's Allison Hooker. Uh, spelled just like the profession. Um, and that's always been fun, you know, in Half Moon Bay. You guys can imagine when I was in junior high, little girl cruising around in my PE clothes where I had to write my first initial and last name. <laughs> so it just said, a hooker. It's down the leg of my pants <laughs> and across my chest. Thank you. It took me a little longer to find the funny in it. Uh, they tease me. They tease me so much that my gym teacher gave me new clothes. She was like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. So I wrote the hooker. <laughs> Half from Bay, there wasn't much going on. You know, I was looking to those bushes. You know what I mean? I was like, you kidding me? I was loving the sexual attention. I was cruising around with my A hooker shirt, wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Is that my one minute noise? Two minutes. Uh, now I'm cruising around wearing a padded bra to support the nipples that have come in. I was like, guys, I'm waiting. Um, 
this is pretty clean. It's like, my tits also like don't get along. They're like really far apart. I'm like, guys, you are on the same team, you know? <laughs> One of you gets sucked on more, both of you will. Uh, I was actually, um, no, that's not clean. I can't keep going down this road. Uh, who are the listeners? Some children getting off school? Power to the youth, you know? Good for them. Oh, man. Something clean to end on. I uh, can't think of anything right now. I will say you guys have been an amazing audience. So thank you so much for having me. Just like today. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the only clean hooker in town. All right. Are you guys ready for your headliner? One more time, clean comedy. You guys ready for your headliner? He's amazing. He's from Boston. I've never heard of him. Please welcome the stage, my friend Ben Quick. Unfortunately, I live with Alex. He's lying to you. I um, live with him back in Boston. Guys, nice to be here. Uh, this is clean comedy, so today I am clean and sober for my set. Um, Yesterday, that was not really the case. I remember a lot of you actually in here from yesterday. I was what is called tripping, and uh, it was not a good time. Today, I'm, uh, here's the thing. I'm aware that, like, I was like, clean comedy, okay, I'll shower for this set. Like, I'll be good. Uh, yeah, uh, a couple days ago, I came in here straight off a plane, traveled for 40 hours with a nightmare through all these storms, trying to get here, had not slept, walked on stage, and hosted two minutes after getting out of the airport. Like, literally came from airport to here. And so I looked like a, uh, like 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 that had just happened. It looked like death. And then yesterday, I came here uh, midway through a journey, and uh, I, I looked similarly out of sorts. And today, I just have to accept that this is my default disheveled mess look. I can't. I, I don't have an excuse. This is who I am. Um, I don't know if this is going to be in tune. It's been sitting here for a while, so I may have to professionally tune this for a second. Or I may not. Um, I don't know yet. I was um, in a lift here on my way, and I saw a billboard that said on it, uh, maybe it's time for an eye exam. And I read it, and I thought, nope. No. I can, can read that. <laughs> We're good. All right. That's my stall for the capo. By the way, the, the musicians uh, in the room, is anyone a musician here? Just me? And that's debatable, so I'm not going to do that joke. Uh, <laughs> all right, this song is, uh, I have a couple of clean songs. This first one I know is an uh, old hit that I got to play because it's technically clean. It's about being on an airplane. I, uh, I try to do airline humor because I find not enough comics do airline humor. Uh, as a heads up, my voice is a little sore, hoarse, so if it does crack a little bit, just know that normally I'm a very good singer. Late night, it's a red-eye flight My pillow ready, gonna try and sleep tight But there's a small problem between me and sleep The baby next to me in his seat And his liftoff happens, so do my nightmares Cause this baby next to me has got his eyes full of tears Now this baby has been crying for an hour and change We all want him to be quiet and I think I know a way Would someone throw this baby off this plane? 
You can make another one. All babies are the same. So would someone throw this baby off this plane? Just throw it out the back and we'll all be on our way. I've got $25 and I'll chip in with the cash Cause this baby's making me wish that the plane would crash So someone do what's right and open up a hatch I think we're over water where he'll make a splash I'd rather watch you make a baby on the plane you can do it in your seat, and I won't even complain. You can give the brand new baby the same name. And in another year, it'll be like nothing's changed. This plane's going 500 miles an hour, cruising out there at 31,000 feet. Baby fall 125 miles or 169 seconds, hit the ground, at which point the plane will go on 150 feet. And it uses the Pythagorean theorem A squared plus B squared equals C squared. 125 squared plus 31,000 squared is a really big number, so divide that by 5,280 to go from feet to miles. Stay with me, guys. And the square of that new number is about 23.98. And what that means is we'll be 24 miles away when the baby hits the ground. So it's not like the blood will be on our hands, you know? Like, it, it'll probably be on someone's house. <laughs> like someone's gonna walk outside like, oh man, the stork must have dropped one, I guess. <laughs> if you're gonna bring a baby on a plane, you should get him drunk so that he won't complain. That's what my parents did when I was on a plane. And I grew up with a relatively minor damage to my brain. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That is a clean comedy song about the murder of an infant child. That is... <laughs> Uh, that's actually a really special song to play because that is, uh, a lot of people are performers in here, so I'll let you guys know. That is a dead baby joke uh, mixed with airline humor told using a prop. That is also known as the hack comedy triple crown. That is, uh, <laughs> you're welcome, I'm winning. All right. <laughs> actually, people will ask me about that math part that I blow through. Like, uh, I say that all really fast and people sometimes wonder, is that right? Is the math right? Is the baby really going to be with me 24 miles away when the baby hits the ground? And the thing is, if you took the numbers that I used, you put them into a calculator, it's technically correct. You'd get the same answer, uh, 23.98 miles away. The thing is, I had to guess that a baby falls at 125 miles an hour. Because as it turns out, not a lot of research there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really. And if you put that into your work computer, your IT people will ask questions. Uh, all right, that's moving on. Anyone here working in an office? One person clapping. All right. See, I'm in San Francisco. I figured a few of you are at like tech startups. I, I did this shoot, uh, this this song, this next song in, in rural upstate New York, uh, where I grew up, and uh, I asked everybody the same question. Does anyone here work in the office and in, in an office and nobody clapped? And it was like a full house too. So I was like, that's weird. And I was like, does anyone here work? <laughs> and I got like two people clapping. 
And I was like, is this one of those towns where everybody used to have jobs at a factory and then the factory left and everybody voted for Trump? And I got an applause break. <laughs> so yeah, so it's nice to be here where people actually are on my side. I, <laughs> this song, I work in an office back in Boston now and uh, actually also at a startup, uh, which again, I don't tell people, who did the startup joke? Yeah, I don't tell people anything more than that either. I just say, I work at a startup. Like, that's all the status that I want. I want you to know that I'm doing something. That's, all right, there's no joke there. This is the song about my office job. Uh, this also requires me to, like, belt some notes out that my voice could totally crack for. So, full disclosure, it sounds a lot better when I haven't screamed in a mental breakdown about not being able to get to San Francisco due to weather. All right. When I was young, I knew I had big plans. The whole wide world was just mine to be ran. I was the next big thing, yeah, I had no doubt. But since I went to art school, I found work in a warehouse. But I got moved up due to my own good fortune. And I got a desk just to the right of the forklift. An office was next, I made management. And now there's just one problem that that presents. It's that now I'm staring at a computer screen, waiting to die, punching in and out every nine to five. And even though I know that's no way to live life, I'm pretty sure that I'm already dead inside. Wake up, go to work, come home, go to sleep. Two-thirds of my life is just data entry. I send a lot of emails, I'm a cog in the machine, but my lips are firmly locked, nurse in that company teat. A nipple that's owned by Goldman Sachs, who I'm pretty sure got their name from counting gold stacks. So each week I bend over to receive my paycheck, and I pray my corporate overlords bring lube and latex. Saren had a computer screen from inside the matrix. Look at me now, Mom, I finally made it. I got a lot of digits next to my bank statement, and the life in my eyes is my only payment. Tuesday morning, I pull up to my job. Outside smoking is my coworker Rob, and as I walk to the door, I look up to say, hey, but I mess up because I'm still like 30 feet away. Now there's no time to say much of meaningful impact, but still plenty long for lots of awkward eye contact. So I panic and just start stating observable facts. I say it's cloudy out, and he agrees because he understands the social contract. <sighs> this place is just a mindless cubicle piece of hell. If robots ever took our jobs, how would you tell? We're all just empty vessels that are wasting our time talking about the weather. Till the day that we die Routine is good, they say 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 Routine is good, <laughs> Every day is a treadmill. It's just, it, it, all right, you get it. Saren had a computer screen waiting to die, punching in and out every nine to five. And even though I know that's no way to live life, I'm pretty sure that I'm already 
dead inside. I'm dead inside. Thank you. Man, these songs are so much easier to play when I'm not on acid. I, uh, all right. I got one last one. Can I have you guys help me with this last song? So for this last one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing something. I need you guys to sing it back. We have a little call and response. I go into the song. Is that cool? And I'm going to really need your help because, again, my voice is pretty hoarse. So I'm going to sing, hey, hey, hey. Got it. Hey, hey, hey. Perfect. This time I'm going to start it. I'm going to cue you guys to join in. And then I'm not going to go into the song until we're all doing it in unison. So keep it going with me, okay? Hey, 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 Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler had a lot of good ideas. You know what? Never mind. I'm. Yeah, it's just I'm not sure I have time for that. This is supposed to be clean comedy, and that's a song about cleansing. So I. Um... <laughs> All right, guys, that's my time. It's been quick. Thanks so much. time for your headliner all the comedians you saw this evening thank you so much thank you so much this has been clean comedy and mutiny radio motherfucker thanks a lot guys thanks a lot for coming out. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for the next show. Hey, everybody. It's our POC show, and we are joined by our guest host tonight. Put your hands together for Isaac Pendergrass. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, good, good. Uh, welcome to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot edition of I'm Not White. <laughs> and uh, just to make the POC in the room feel more comfortable, Pam, could you get the guys across the street to turn off the taco sign? That is, I swear that looks like a cop car every time. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Hey, uh, come on in, guys. Come on in. Support the POC. All right. Uh, I, uh, a couple years ago, there was this uh, phenomenon, this craze, where people were going out into the streets, and they were using their cell phones and trying to capture these monsters. I don't remember what the monsters' names are called. Do you guys remember what those were? Is it Pokemon? Uh, that's right. Police. You got it. <laughs> You got it, man. That is fantastic. Uh, Pokemon? Uh, no, no, no. White people got tired of those videos. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, is it just me? Or the first time you heard the term Black Lives Matter, did you think it was a scientific discovery? <laughs> yeah? I thought, I thought finally some racially biased scientific genius has discovered the compounds that black lives consist of. You know? <laughs> I was I was really disappointed when I found out what it was really about, you know. You know? But but stick with me for a moment. Let's let's just pretend that it did mean what I thought it meant. If that were true, wouldn't that make policemen black lives antimatter? You know? <laughs> All right. All right, we got some science fans in the house. <laughs> All right, guys. I am from the South. 
I'm from the South. He probably thank you. Thank, uh, that that never gets applause. Thank you guys. <laughs> I'm from the South. Um, and I to to escape the bitter racism of the South, I moved to Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> That's about the reaction that one gets. <laughs> So, uh, do you guys know the difference between conservative racists and liberal racists? No? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> a conservative racist wishes my lazy ass would get a job. Yeah. A liberal racist wants to help my lazy ass get a job. <laughs> but, but I already have a job. I have a job. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's see, let's see. We're talking about racist. Um, nobody in here is a racist, right? Obviously not. You're supporting the POC show. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I had a friend that uh, he asked me one, at, after one of those shootings, he asked me, uh, the police shootings, he, he, he said, uh, uh, why, why do you guys always use the race card? Yeah. And I, I looked at him. I know friend, right? Uh, friend, quote, friend. <laughs> And I, I looked at him and said, well, uh, you got to play the hand you dealt, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, is a, that was an unnecessary reverse racism joke. I get it. was not necessary. Because the term reverse racism is already a joke, right? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I could never explain how absurd the term reverse racism is. But if I could, it would probably go a little something like this. Hey, I saw this guy the other day minding his own business, so I walked up to him and I punched him in the face. But now, get this. That asshole reverse punched me in the face. <laughs> See how that works? In any other context, it's called self-defense, people. Self-defense. <laughs> uh, let's see. I am trying to be, I think I'm failing at being a father. Um, Honestly, I think I am. My, <laughs> You're at least there. I'm, I'm there. I am there. I am. I am there. But I, I'm failing. I, uh, my my daughter is a fan of R. Kelly. Um, oh. yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> I know. I I don't know how it happened. I believe I can fly. It's really difficult to stop them from liking that song. I, I'm not talking about bump and grind. And and my son is uh, he's in love with the police and I I don't know not and not Sting the police um, I I don't understand how I let that happen uh, but at at this point in time my biggest hope as a parent is that neither one of my kids ever finds himself alone with their heroes you know <laughs> all right are you guys ready for a fantastic show tonight we. Uh, We've got we've got a great lineup, uh, people I really respect. Uh, are you ready for the next comedian? Yeah. All right, all right. Coming to the stage, his name is oh I want to say his name. He is tearing up Portland scene, and I always love seeing the tap. Welcome to the stage, Mr. Pedro. Hey, beauty, how y'all doing, man? Yo, give it up for Isaac, right? Looking, look, look you can't see him if uh, people listening, huh? Change, change the mic. All right, my bad. Never mind what I was going to say about Isaac Pendergrass. 
you need me to sweep or anything else up here? I mean, uh, how's the volume, everybody? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, okay, I need you guys to kind of move this way. To, I need these chairs. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll put one. Uh, I'm I'm confused, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Nah, man. Like people uh, listening, you can't see, but Isaac is looking the sharpest looking dude here tonight, man. Uh, in comparison, I'm wearing a pair of Levi's jeans I haven't washed since I bought. So it's like six months ago. So it's my favorite jeans too. I wear them a lot. Love it. Has nothing to do with anything, man. How's everybody doing? My name is. So uh, I've been in this country most of my life. I'm uh, I'm originally from Michoacan, Mexico. I was born in Michoacan, Mexico, and uh, my my family they immigrated to uh, to Los Angeles in 1979. You know, uh, as immigrants, my my parents, you know, they obviously they had they had a dream, you know, and they had a vision, and they instilled that in me since I was a a, a little boy, uh, and that was steal the jobs. <laughs> And uh, we're coming for these ones too, man. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so uh, Trump, huh? What a trip, right? Who would have thought that the guy that called Mexicans murderers and rapists when he announced he was running for president would turn out to be such a dick? <laughs> the fuck? I kind of had an idea. Yeah, not the, not the smartest, right? That dude, not the smartest, Trump, but uh, turns out really good at division. So that's where we're at. No, but as I what? Grab him by the pussy. Steve Bannon sucks his own cock. I moved on her like a bitch. This is this is like a too short record. We're living in a too short fucking album and shit right now. I remember, I don't know about else, but I remember like there was a time when politicians used to criticize artists, especially like rappers, right? For like using explicit lyrics. But now even the rappers are like, yo, chill, son. <laughs> My kids watch the news, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> Keep it real, America's reached a point where Snoop Dogg is a better role model for the children than the president of the United States. That's how we're at, man. And not to hate, but that dude was on trial for attempted murder, so that's, and I say that because Snoop like coaches like kids playing football sports and stuff like that, so that's what, I don't know why I said that last part. I had to, why am I trying to, Never mind. I was like surprised too that it's like, well, I wasn't surprised, but I thought it was interesting that when Trump was running, and there's still Latinos that support Trump, you know what I mean, which is weird to me, right? It was not weird, I'm sorry, but like what it is is that it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm kind of high some whatever, but uh, <laughs> but like, because you know, because Latinos could be very conservative, you know what I mean? Um, that's why I feel like even if the president was a Latino, let's say for instance, like a Me let's, say, let's say the president was a Mexican-American descent, they'd still be trying to build a wall, you know? <laughs> and a deck, and the patio, and install <laughs> windows and shit. That's what's up. But yeah, man, I think at this rate, right, we got mass shootings all the time, where you have uh, Nazis running people over uh, with their cars, the threat of nuclear war. Fuck it, Mexico should pay for the wall, why not? <laughs> Keep Americans out, man. <laughs> this shit, got enough problems. I think like if they build a wall though, like this being a capitalist society, eventually 
won't be long before people try to like you know build businesses around the border you know like the wall bed and breakfast or you know fucking i don't know the wall bar and grill <laughs> fucking i don't know a bank you know i don't know walls fargo i don't know man <laughs> hey what's going on so i'm not white is the name of this uh this comedy showcase right it's gonna showcase all the latinos i live in portland oregon man i live in portland oregon not a lot of latinos in portland oregon uh and i'm originally from washington state i come from uh, pasco washington it's, there's a lot of like there's a, there's a large latino community there. there's a lot of agriculture and whatnot uh, and I've been living in Portland now for like four years. Though, and, and Portland's starting to rub off on me. It, it really is. And I say that because like recently I caught myself referring to America as ill-gotten instead of just stolen. <laughs> yeah, man. And like people back home, they noticed too because like I was out there visiting recently and uh, I was at a bar and at one point the bartender looks at me. He's like, do you sound like a whitewashed Mexican now? I was like, y cabrón, calmala. No, te, no mames, güey. He just looked at me confused. He didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> so I was like, hey, that's colonized Mexican to you, motherfucker. And then I ordered an IPA and some tater tots and a side of ranch, man. That's how I did. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what's up, man. Where's my, where's my older people, man? I just turned 40 in September, man. Hell yeah, all the people in the house, that's what's up, man. Turned 40, man. I was getting like a little down on myself for it, you know? And I was talking to my coworker, and she was like reassuring me that, like, man, don't sweat it, man. Your 40s are not like your 20s nowadays. I was like, shit, I gotta start doing coke again? It's <laughs> like, fuck, man. That's what's up. I, you know, a lot of people don't, don't, don't believe me. Like, they, not they don't believe me, they think that I'm younger, you know? Cause like, the way I carry myself, I guess, I don't know. And then like, I read like an article not too long ago that like the University of California, they did a study. They found that Latinos, we like age slower than other ethnicities. It's true, man, look it up. And like, I don't know, like all the men in my family, all look younger than everybody. Like, I don't know the people. Any Latinos here, are you Latino too? No, no, you're just laughing like, yeah, right, motherfucker, you old motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, but like, uh, like sometimes people, I remember like my, my, my dad, he looks really young. My uncles, they all look really young. And sometimes people ask, well, what's the secret? And I was like, I don't know about anybody else, but in my family, for the men in my family, it's just onion soup. <laughs> yeah, three times a week, we, we dip our balls in onion soup. <laughs> it's a pretty sad representation right now. I'm just going to stand up here and take it in. <laughs> take it all in. What else is going on about not being white? I don't know. Like, let's see what else is going on about not being white for me. Um, oh, well, like, um, sometimes during sex, uh, women will, I'm bilingual, so women will ask me to talk dirty to them in Spanish. They like it Telemundo style. Mm. And I don't mind doing it, you know, I don't mind doing it. But then they look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them to talk dirty to me in the King's English. <laughs> it's like some of them won't even watch Downtown Abbey with me whilst we fornicate, man. It's unjust. It's unjust. <laughs> Anyways, I know some of us, I know at least like one person here is like, hey, uh, it's Downton Abbey, not Downtown Abbey. <laughs> 
<laughs> not on Pornhub. Not on Pornhub. Anybody do the online dating? Obviously, everybody does online dating now. I, uh, you know, you got like your 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 what? Okay, Cupids and the Tinders now. Everybody's doing that shit. Craigslist, whatever. I fucking like. I remember like a couple of years ago, I first I saw this advertisement on the on the television for FarmersOnly.com, and I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, I come from a rural area, so why not? I'm an open-minded person. But as soon as I entered, I tried setting up a profile. But as soon as I entered my first my first name. They rerouted me to farmworkersonly.com. It's like, I don't know why, man. Mexicans have been getting fucked by American farmers for centuries. So if that's too deep for some of you, I'll pull it out. I'll pull out a little bit, but I'm not going to pull it all the way out. I was raised Catholic and shit, so... Where's all my Catholics at, man? Any Catholics here? I'm not Catholic anymore. I'm not practicing Catholic. I don't need to practice. I could be a hypocrite. I'm pretty good at it now. I don't need to practice anymore. What else is going on about being not being white? I think I just got the one minute light. But it feels like I've been up here for like an hour for some fucking reason. It's like time slowed up when I started getting up here. I feel like at some point during my set, like the energy just dropped. And I wish I would have recorded this so I could have, like, where did it drop? Where did I drop the ball? Was it at the point where they told me to take the microphone and switch it? <laughs> Was that the point? No? All right. It had to be somewhere. It had to be somewhere. But yeah, like there's a lot of like, you know, fucking hatred against uh, Latinos right now, a lot of xenophobia in America. Uh, but you know, you gotta keep it real. Like it, it ain't nothing new, especially like against Latinos. I mean, I mean, growing up, I remember I used to, we used to get caught what, beaners, get caught webbacks, illegal aliens. Shit, that's been going on forever. And it still happens. I mean, that's why it happens all the time. Hell, even my doctor the other day called me a borderline diabetic. <laughs> fucking racist man it's fucked up so i'm trying to like lift this shit but i can't so whoever's coming <laughs> all right man well i'm gonna get back to uh cleaning up around here so uh <laughs> if you guys need anything let me know All right, give it up one more time for Pedro Andrade. Uh, bear with me while I change the mic stand here. I should move this on this side. Um, I just noticed that POC is cop spelled backwards. Yeah, just what is that about? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a silly observation. All right, all right, we're set. Okay, the next, are you guys ready for the next comic? Okay, well, all right, I was gonna tell another joke, but, um, all right, um, the next comic coming to the stage, you can, she is a closer for Maria Bamford. 
<laughs> she's also going to be in the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston. You're going to love her. I love her. Welcome to the stage, Miss Winter Spears. Give it up one more time for Isaac. Thank you, Isaac, for doing that mic work for me because I didn't want to do it. Guys, uh, I went to him and I said, could you change that mic to a different mic stand for me because I do not want to get up there fumbling with that. <laughs> and he was kind enough to do it for me, so thank you, Isaac. Give it up for Pedro. <laughs> Pedro was talking about Snoop Dogg. Pedro, do you realize that Snoop Dogg has taken it from on trial for attempted murder to the gap in one lifetime? It's amazing. Every time I see it, I'm like, Snoop Dogg is family friendly now, y'all. It's crazy. Um, guys, uh, I don't know about you, but we are three months into 2018, and I am still getting over 2016. <laughs> I am, however, excited that Barack Obama got elected to a third term. At least that's what's happening in my bunker. I moved in about 13 months ago. The only thing playing in my bunker are Michelle's speeches and Barack's speeches and Mr. Rogers. Uh, I'm going to be there another 21 months, uh, maybe less if this Mueller thing goes the way we want it to. Uh, guys, uh, not too long ago, I went to a double baby shower. Uh, two friends of mine pregnant at the same time. Uh, so I went and I bought gifts and I, it got me to thinking about all the things that we do as women for our friends because whenever it's a wedding, it's never just one shower, is it ladies? It's the dresses and the shoes and the destination weddings to Punta Cana or wherever. Um, the bail money, depending upon who your friends are. But we do this for our friends because we love them and we think to ourselves, one day, it's going to be all about me. One day, it's going to be my turn. I've reached a certain point in my life. I've neither gotten married nor had children. So my question is, is it weird? Is it wrong? Is it awkward if I'm looking for a deposit into my PayPal? <laughs> a gift card? A check? These student loans are not paying themselves, guys. Um, guys, uh, I, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't ever need to be anybody's maid of honor ever again. Um, my, uh, I love my best friend, but she better not get married again because that is the worst unpaid internship I have ever had. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I've been single long enough that I feel like I'm very clear on where I would succeed and where I would stumble as a fiancé and as a wife. Now, notice I say fiancé and wife and not girlfriend, because at this point in my career, it's MVP title all the way. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't want to be your girlfriend, but no, the girlfriend is not my end game. Uh, so uh, one of the things that they say about uh, being a uh, fiancé or wife, uh, the tradition is that uh, an engagement ring is supposed to be three months' salary. I wouldn't necessarily require that. What I'm looking for is 14 T-shirts that I can put into a rotation that say I'm engaged. <laughs> and we can take the rest of that money and put it toward what? My college loans, guys, because they're not paying themselves. Um, guys, uh, we all have... Uh, it's, I'm not one of those people who feels like I need to get married. Like, I could get married. I think I might want to maybe meet a guy someday and, and you know, get together and settle down. Uh, but I, I'm also really, really passionate about living to be old. And sometimes those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. Because I don't know if you've heard, but nearly half of all women who are murdered are murdered by their boyfriends or husbands. 
And the other statistic is nearly uh, half of all marriages end in divorce. So if you put those statistics together, you might either be dead or divorced. I don't like those odds, guys. I don't like those odds. Um, but we all have that friend who decided that they had gotten to a certain age and that they were just going to get married to whoever the next person was that rolled up, right? We all have that friend. My friend called me, and he was so excited, and he was like, I'm so happy. I'm engaged. We're getting married. I've met the girl for me. And I said, I'm so happy for you. What is it about this girl? What makes her the one? And this is what he said to me. This is a direct quote. She's an excellent cook. An excellent cook is what one might change their route home from work for <laughs> or, uh, or get up earlier on a Saturday morning. To marry someone for a particular skill set is like moving to a city because your favorite NFL team plays there. <laughs> you could do that, but should you? Uh, my name is Winter Spears. I spell winter with a Y, not because I'm pretentious, but because my mother is. <laughs> hey, Mom, how you doing? <laughs> it's a cheap laugh, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> My last name is Spears, like Brittany. The Brittany is silent. Uh, people are always making jokes about my name. They sing songs. They quote Shakespeare. Once when this woman met me, after talking to me on the phone, she looked at me and she said, oh, you're not at all what I was expecting. I said, what were you expecting? A Republican professional skier from Utah? I am. In fact, I'm Mitt Romney's sixth child. What we wouldn't give for a Mitt Romney presidency right now, am I right? Oh, we were so smug. We were like, oh, I don't want Mitt Romney to be president. I don't want John McCain to be president. We would take up a collection right here, right now, to get either one of those people into the White House. Uh, full disclosure, I'm an actor. Uh, and uh, I love actors. I love how when actors talk about acting, we call it the craft, like we're witches and it's a coven. Uh, I love it when actors say things like, oh, I would never turn down a job. I'm like, really? You would never turn down a job? So it's like saying you would never turn down a date. Is it that you're that desperate or that you have no standards? <laughs> uh, guys, um, uh, you guys have been such a great audience, and I feel like I can open up to you. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of something about myself that I don't usually talk about on stage. Um, it's kind of hard for me to say out loud. I'm a purse hoarder. And that doesn't mean that I hoard purses. That means that when I have put everything that I can put into my purse in my purse, like uh, keys and t-shirts and socks and uh, bobby pins and staplers and CVS receipts from 11 months ago, <laughs> five kinds of mascara, only three of which I'm using, um, uh, gum, mints, uh, and when I've put everything, into, thank you. When I have put everything into that purse and I can put into that purse, um, and it's so heavy that when I put it in my passenger seat, it registers as a person and wants to know why it doesn't have a seat belt. When I, when I have put everything into my purse that I can put in my purse, I have a decision to make. Do I clean out my purse or is it just easier to buy a new purse? Something I've been struggling with for a while, guys. Um, uh, let me take a minute to educate you about a public health concern. You've heard about the flu virus. You've heard about Ebola. Let me take a minute to educate you about our next public health crisis, minority blindness. Thank you for being on board.
If you work with five or less minorities of the same gender and ethnic type, and you're constantly calling them by the wrong name, you may have minority blindness.